Well, we get a steady stream of questions from mothers of young kids, like this one from a listener named Beth. Dear Pastor John, my husband and I are new parents to a two-month-old son. Caring for him has been joyful and exhausting. I can barely concentrate on anything I used to, but I need the Lord more than ever to sustain me. What counsel do you give new mothers on continuing their walk with God? Well, I'm not a mother, never have been, but I lived with one for 47 years. I still live with one, (laughs) and I watched her be a young mother with five children, four of them born into the family, one of them carried into the family at eight weeks. And I do try to read my Bible with an eye to what is helpful for moms and dads and everybody else. So here are a few pieces of counsel from experience and from the Word, and they may not be the most important, but they're off my prayerful front burner. Number one, never lose sight, Beth. Never lose sight of the fact that your walk with God is as essential for the good of your child as is your milk or the formula that you may be giving him. Children do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. If you lose your communion with God, you will lose not only a source of strength for the sake of parenting, but you will lose the very thing you want most to impart to this child. And you want him to know God more than you want him to live. Namely, a relationship with God. You you want him to taste and see that God will be sufficient to meet all his needs, including his needs for his own parenting. And if you lose God while parenting, the very thing you want to give him most you have lost. So that's how important it is for you to fight for whatever it takes to maintain a sweet, growing, satisfying walk with your God. Number two, Don't let this little boy become a little emperor. I see far too many parents who are dominated by their children, out of control on airplanes, out of control in restaurants, out of control in the mall, all the trouble that these parents have spared themselves at home by not disciplining comes back on their own heads in public, and it will come back with a vengeance on their children's heads later in life. Children are designed, intended by God to be submissive and to be obedient to their parents. They are not intended to dominate the house, dominate relationships, dominate when company comes over. And it's important for them to learn this early because if they think they are the center of the world— It will be hard to break them of this destructive illusion later on. Practically, that means that the child doesn't so rule your schedule that you don't have time for what you need to do for your own soul. He does not need your ever-present attention. 
You can show him lavish attention and provide him with all the affection and touch he needs without training him that you have to respond to every time he has a peep in his crib. God loves us lavishly. And as part of that love, he makes sure we know we're not the center of the universe. That's what love does. Let your child become secure, not in your ever-present hovering, but in the certainty that you always return in love. Number three, turn all your practical mothering into worship. Make the food, change the diapers, push the stroller, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink or play peekaboo with your baby, do all to the glory of God. And that means, I think, practically, as you're doing it, all these things, hundreds of them, number one, depend upon the sustaining, empowering, guiding grace of God. Two, give thanks for all the blessings of this child and your strength to care for him. Three, be amazed at the miracle that he is and what he's becoming and turn your amazement into praise. Uh, Four, when you become irritable, confess it and honor God with your confession and your reception of promised forgiveness and constantly pray, pray, pray. That's how you make your days an act of worship. And then there may not be in your mind such a huge gulf between tending to your child and tending to your soul. Number four, stay in church and be involved with other people. Beware of withdrawing into solitude with the child. You need other people. The Bible makes that plain, especially in 1 Corinthians 12. And that need doesn't go away just because children come into the house. So strap that baby on and be out and doing with other people, especially be in worship and be in fellowship around God's Word. I can remember 44 years ago with our first child, Karsten, born in Germany. And as soon as we brought that chubby little beached whale home um, and, and tried to learn how to be parents, as soon as we got him home, we went straight to our Friday night small group meeting, which we did every Friday night while we were in Germany. It was our lifeline because our church life wasn't as good as we'd wanted it to be, but we had a small group. So we would get there early in the evening. The baby would either have already eaten or we would feed him there while everybody else was eating. Then when it was time to, to study and pray, we would lay him down, tummy down, put a on a double bed, put a pillow on four sides of him, pet his bottom, and walk out of the room and leave him there for the next three hours. And then we would take the bus home. We had no car in Germany and uh, put him to bed at home at 11 o'clock, and he never woke up between 7 in the morning usually. Or if he was very young, yes, he would have to wake up and eat for a, for a while. So don't let the baby slow you down. Do what you need to do for your own souls. Number five, negotiate with your husband to take turns in getting up in the middle of the night. He should know you need sleep as much as he does. God's ideal for child rearing is two parents. 
There's a reason for that. So tell your husband that I said he should help you. Make room in your schedule not only for rest, but also for reading. And that leads me to the last thing I want to say. Uh, the Read Bible-saturated books, and the most Bible-saturated book is the Bible, but read others as well, maybe audio books while you're working. And the reason is this. The book of Proverbs begins, chapter 1, verse 8, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Your responsibility is to pour glorious, wonderful teaching about God and his ways and his world into the mind of this little child. So don't fail the child by failing to read and grow in what you need to teach him about God and about life. So I pray that the Lord will give you the strength and the wisdom that you need to take up this perhaps greatest of all tasks, raising this child in the nurture and discipline of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Pastor John. And if you're a dad, be sure to uh, check out one of my favorite APJ episodes of all time. It's titled Dad's Role in Homemaking, which is episode number 255 on leading the family into joy. It is so good. Episode 255. And as you can hear, we're still working through some audio issues on Pastor John's end, but I think we may have them fixed. So thank you for your patience over the last couple of weeks. We appreciate it. You can subscribe to our audio feeds and search our episode archive and even reach us by email with a difficulty you may be facing in life. Do all of that through our online home at desiringgod.org forward slash John. I am your host, Tony Ranke. We'll be back on Friday, Lord willing. We'll see you then.